Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is Tetiana Demford, a Ukrainian-American author, translator and freelance writer. Her debut novel, Motherland, based on an incredible family secret that was revealed by her maternal grandmother, was long-listed for the Reader's Digest Self-Published Book Awards and has been met with critical global acclaim. She's also the author of a beautiful poetry book series on the topics of hope, magic, empowerment and love. I really recommend checking out all her books. And this episode is all about self publishing something that Tatiana knows so much about and we discuss the pros and cons of both of self-publishing and traditional publishing and the differences between the two I just really wanted to do an episode on this for a long time I know it's something that people want to know more about we talk about how to build confidence how to get your work out there how to retain creative integrity and so much more so I hope you enjoy this conversation I got a lot from it and I'm excited for you to listen here is the conversation with Tatiana Demford I've wanted to do an episode on self-publishing for ages and we're in a time at the moment where like the publishing industry is shifting. More people are intrigued at how to have less gatekeepers. I know your debut novel, Motherland, it won Reader's Digest Self-Publishing Award. Just seeing you do it so successfully, I just wanted to start there really. Why, what made you self-publish that book? Well, um, originally, I actually wanted to traditionally publish because I think that's very like a common goal for most writers going like, I want to get an agent, I want to get, um, you know, we want to do it that way. Um, And I when I was submitting within the first two months, I got 12 full requests from agents, which is they're kind of like unicorns for people in the in the writing world to get a full manuscript request is really hard. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm. You know, I am the kind of person that's really, um, I know how to present myself, if you if you will, like uh, when it comes to um, speaking publicly or presenting myself on social media. And there was a consistency with my query letter and my, you know, and how I presented my manuscript that intrigued um, agents, I believe. I think so. And they wrote back with very, very kind words and suggestions. And a few of them said, rewrite it and send it back to me. Some of them wanted me to change the story a little bit to make it more commercial. Um, And at the time they said historical fiction wasn't selling very well. So, and I, I understand like they have a job to do too. I mean, agents are human beings and it's a business. So I didn't really, ultimately, I, I didn't take it personally, which was is hard because it's a rejection still, somebody saying no. But I remember sitting down thinking, there's something here. There's something really special. Um, and it's not because I was biased because it was my story, but it was a very epic story. It's a very cinematic story. It was based on true events. And I thought, why not try my hand at self-publishing? And it really bothered me that when I was researching, trying to teach myself about self-publishing, I saw that it is seen as like a budget idea. It's seen as a plan Z, you know, and I think it's because a lot of people historically, you can make money self-publishing, but I think people see that as kind of not the way to do things because the the narrative like when it comes to the industry is awards and lists on sunday times kind of bestsellers and all of that and mentions in magazines and yes it's like it's a it's seductive that kind of world but 
why ultimately I had to ask myself, why am I writing? Why am I, why, why am I wanting to make myself an author? It's not for the accolades. It's because I want to, I want people to read my stories. I want people to read my books. So I started researching and realizing that trying to self-publish is a full-time job in itself, you know, and it was, it was tricky. So originally I started with the traditional view and then I just really said, I'm going to teach myself how to self-publish. I want to do it well. I want my vision of this book. I knew what I wanted the cover to look like and I wanted it to sit alongside of traditionally published books. That was my goal initially. Then I kind of taught myself how to get there. (laughs) Mm, So interesting. So I'd love to talk to you about some of the pros and cons in a minute. But what's interesting to me is the fact that, you know, I have a friend who's very, very successful in the self-publishing world in terms of the amount of readers she has, the amount of money she makes. Like she makes so much more money than a lot of authors I know who've been traditionally published. But she was saying that she still does want to be traditionally published one day because there's something that she knows is kind of inside her in terms of this success myth of like, well, that will make me quote unquote successful. It's a, it's a validation that is conditioned in us. Um, I think, and social media as wonderful as it is platforms like Twitter, it also sometimes doesn't help because what you see in front of you is all the accolades, all the awards, all the shiny book deal announcements, all the, and, and it's really hard sometimes to divorce yourself from that and, and really sit down and go, why am I, why am I doing this? Because if it's only for that, if it's only for the six-figure book deals, then you are writing for the wrong reason, ultimately. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people don't realize when they see those big announcements on the bookseller is a six-figure advance is an advance. <laughs> like You're literally yeah. paid all this money. And then you, and if your book doesn't sell, you're, you're kind of, even though you'd have to pay it back, you're in debt, essentially. Whereas with self-publishing, I don't know, that kind of appeals to me in some ways that you could always start off on the right foot, even though I'm sure it's lots of investment. I mean, before we talk about how challenging it is, because I know that you run workshops, is that right? Or at least you consult in helping people? Yeah, I was doing a YouTube series with um, my very dear friend, Marissa Hussey, who actually worked in the publishing world. So we approach it from both sides. Yeah. So we were doing a YouTube series called The Craft and Business of Books, which was really fun. So we saw behind the scenes, like the process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I know that on your website, it says lots of things like, are you ready to do this? Like this is not an easy option. Like it's the opposite in many ways. Um, but what what were some of the positives for you? What did you enjoy? With self-publishing, I like the control I had over um, my work. Uh, I, even though I went half blind editing myself and line editing, I had like so, I had so many drafts in front of me, and it was only me. So that's kind of a neither here nor there. Like you can love that control, but also it can feel very isolating. But to me, I actually really liked the control I had over the the work, over the cover of the book. I made all of the decisions um, and I decided when to publish it, you know, and I wanted to pick a date that was meaningful for me. It was like around the time that my grandmother's birthday was and I wanted that to coincide. I had no timeline so I can write whenever I wanted. So And a lot of writers say that in the first, when they write their debut, they're writing for themselves and you should always write for yourself, but they ultimately, the first book is always for yourself. It's never for any team. It's never for anybody else. You know, so I, I did like that it was my project, my baby, everything 
I did. Like, it, it's like, you know, learning how to cook a meal from scratch, basically, mm-hmm. you know. And you use social media really well. And obviously that's how we've connected and you've connected with so many other writers. Do people come to you asking for advice on that side of things? I actually really like that aspect. I love talking to people. I love finding myself in a room with a group of people, having a conversation about how to empower yourself with different kind of ways of approaching your writing, how you, you know, and I think, I honestly think despite the pitfalls sometimes of social media, I do think that it's very useful. It doesn't matter whether you write nonfiction, fiction. I think when you present yourself in a way that is, there's a, has to be an energy there, a bit of an X factor, if you will. Like, and I think people like that. People in the industry like that. You may be an amazing writer, but you may hate being around people and you have, like, you don't know how to use social media. It makes whoever team you're working with, or even whether you're self-publishing, it makes people harder to connect to you and harder to engage with you. And I honestly love the more people I've had. I'm not necessarily a huge extrovert, but I love when people ask me advice and questions and stuff, and I can say, listen, here's how to put your business hat on and how to approach your writing. Because ultimately, you know, you can write as a hobby, but if you really want to be a published author, you have to treat it with a business brain, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so true. I mean, I love your covers and I love the design elements and I just love the creativity. But I wonder if for other people who might not have that sort of I don't know, uh, design mind, like would, would you recommend running par- running it past someone you really trust or like having other people? Absolutely. You need a team of people around you that can be objective. Um, I definitely would avoid asking family, but you need fr- <laughs> friends around you who, you know, who can recommend certain designers. Like the, the designer who helped me with those covers, I found randomly. So I had ideas in my head, but I didn't know how to put them onto a book cover. So I went to a place called 99designs.com and it's a whole treasure trove of freelance designers and illustrators and book cover designers from all over the world. And I met this guy, Emir, um, who lives in Serbia. And he's amazing, amazing. He took my sketches and I told him the kind of what I, what the book was about and how I want the book covers to feel. And he translated that into covers. And I was really happy about that. So, and that's not, and that wasn't a huge monetary investment up front, you know, like you, you have to find somebody you trust and then they can even say, listen, pay me a little bit at a time, whatever you can do. But I do think investing a little bit of money in something like that will just help empower you to kind of see it more. You know? mm, yeah. And like fall in love with it yourself, which is yeah. the whole point. In terms of actually getting it out there, because I know that in any form of publishing, people always say, like, it's not always about the publication date. It's not all on that first week, even though you feel like it is, it has to be as like major success straight away. I feel like books don't, normally find a life like that what was it like putting it out for the first time so when I did it I I made a lot of mistakes along the way as you do and you learn and stuff but um I what I did was to build up a bit of a um um, some traction I started a kickstarter 
And I had been talking about writing this book for a few years. So people kind of started following me on my social media, kind of realizing, oh, okay, this book is happening, whatever. So I got some attention that way. And then what I did was I kind of launched a Kickstarter campaign just saying, listen, I paid some stuff up front. So whoever kind of contributes to the publication of this book, you get certain tiers and um, uh, certain kind of rewards and you get a signed copy or you get this. And that actually really helped create this kind of buzz around it for the first time for me. And I, and I realized I learned a lot from that because I, I saw how people traditionally get published. There is a bit of a buildup, isn't there? Um, so I wanted to somehow create that myself. So that's why I used Kickstarter. You don't have to, you can still build up. And this is where social media is great. You can build up momentum with teasing, with saying, I'm writing this and this is, you know, just give people something to hope in. And I think that's how you build that community. They kind of trust what you're putting out there. And it also holds you accountable <laughs> because yeah. you're like, oh, I'm actually doing this. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually have to now. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And I know that you have just announced another book deal, which I'm from the outside looks very innovative and very cool, but that's traditionally published. Is that right? Okay, so what happened was I was so hell-bent on like Motherland getting as much traction as possible. And honestly, I started making money the first month even, um, which is amazing. Like for, for an, But again, I wasn't doing it for the money, but it was nice, but it was creating this kind of traction. And then I started self-publishing other books since then, books of poetry, prose, and that was really nice because it was, I started feeling really empowered doing it myself. And the, the perfect and unfortunate storm happened around Ukraine. And I, I didn't realize this, but a, a publisher had started following me eight, like a little while ago. And they were kind of keeping an eye on me. And I've been connected to so many amazing people in the industry, agents, publicists, editors. They're all so lovely and supportive. And, but I didn't expect anything. You know, I was just doing it for myself. And then like two months ago, the publisher, um, Book Tour, approached me and was like, we were so enthralled by Motherland. And all of us on the team were like sobbing. It's an amazing story. It's so epic. We love your writing. We want to sign you. I'm like, is this for real? I genuinely did not expect it. I was, and they said to me, you don't have to go with us, you know, and there were other agents that then started asking me, approaching me in the industry I was like what is happening and I think it's because they saw a consistency in my commitment they saw a, a consistency in my writing in my presence and I was intriguing and I'm honored to have had like started having these conversations but again I will always write for myself I'm not going to jump just because the industry is like interested that is not my validation my validation is my readers, my readers saying this book connected to my own family. You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely love that. And I feel like it kind of underscores the reason why anyone should really believe in self-publishing. Like it's an example of, yes, okay, I might you might not be doing it for that end goal, but look where it can lead and look how it can snowball and you know, the aim for any writer mostly is that you want people to engage with it. So you want it to reach as many people as possible. And I love that. And I feel like it's not dissimilar to the blogging journey for a lot of authors now. It's like we, most of us started off 
publishing our own words in some way and it leads somewhere. But I guess it's interesting asking you about that as well, because I'm interested, I guess, what what some of the challenges were in self-publishing and what you're kind of looking forward to doing it this other way. So, um, and there were many challenges and I always say to people, just be prepared. You know, self-publishing is great in so many ways, but you have to understand it is a very hard thing to, to learn. And you're going to have to carve out time to do things well. You cannot do things halfway. If you want to really present yourself as a really, as a successful and you want a self-published writer and you want to be happy doing it, you have to kind of learn that it's very isolating self-publishing because you're doing it on your own. You have to be, you have to hold yourself accountable. It's just you. And it can feel very lonely and frustrating not to have an editor on the other end of the phone going, okay, you can do this. Think about it this way. You have no sounding board. It's literally just you and maybe talking to your partner or your pet or, <laughs> you know. So um, it, it, it can feel also, like I said, people still look at it as like the last ditch effort. Like, oh, you can't make it as a regular writer. Oh, you're self-publishing. It can, people can look at it as a hobby which is really frustrating because it's absolutely as legitimate as, as traditional publishing, I feel. Um, it, the editing process, you have to find beta readers, you know, to kind of review your work and um, point out plot holes, you know, or, you know, things that need fixing. I mean, I was really lucky because I had some of the best agents in the industry when I was submitting saying, actually, you need more tension in the middle of the book. You need to add additional kind of characters in this bit. This is going too fast. I mean, it's amazing. They offered me so much unsolicited advice that was beautifully helpful for me. So I got very lucky, but you have to have people around you that offer you that somehow. So it's, it's really difficult. And I think every day, you know, writers have imposter syndrome as it is, but when you self-publish, it's even worse. Because you're sitting there going, why am I doing this? You have no one around you championing you. It's just yourself. So that's the, the bit that I, I found really hard. It's tedious and emotionally draining. Mm. No, that makes so much sense. And I mean, I think it's interesting at the moment, maybe the way the world is going in the publishing world and everything's everything's changing, it feels at the moment. Um yeah even with like Substack and, and, and I like straddling both worlds. I think that's possible too. And I'm, I'm lucky that I'm in this position now where I can get this new experience. Having a, I'm so excited to be able to have a team of people going, hey, you'll be okay. I'm like, can I do this again? Can I write another 400 and whatever page historical novel? I'm like, yes, you can. You'll be <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I, I love both, like so far, I, I love this experience and I know I will because these these people are so wonderful. They're so collaborative and they have such a forward thinking way of putting books into people's hands. It's not just printing out some books, putting them in a bookshop and you know what I mean? It's like, it's a, just a new, It's there's the future of publishing. They're trying to kind of get people to have more print on demand and, you know, um, Kindle versions and eBooks and still, so it's, 
I think it's I think it's really interesting. They're so collaborative as well. But one of the things I'm most excited about is just having a bunch of friends to talk to in the process. <laughs> yes, I hear you on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying how many freelancers are popping up in this space in terms of freelance editors and freelance book designers. And like that side of things does excite me because I do like that sort of open democracy of like the power being back in the writer's hand. Because the thing I'm really passionate about, and I think I always have been, is I don't really like, and I think you'll agree with me on this, like the power dynamics of a corporation having power over an individual. It doesn't 100%. sit it doesn't sit right with me that like the artist is often treated like a last resort in the process. Yeah, like a pool. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Yeah. And that was one of the most important things. And we, we had a series of, before I signed, um, we had a series of um, meetings and I met the rights team and the editing. And I mean, it was just so great. But one of the things that would have been a red flag is if they had treated me like a tool for them to make money and not uh, a, a 45 year old woman who knows how to, how to present herself and who can actually collaborate with them so that we can all win, you know? And they treated me like an equal, and it was such a wonderful, refreshing feeling. And I, I wasn't surprised, really, because I, I'd heard good things anyway about them. But they that was the most important thing to me, because had the opposite happened and had I felt like a cog in their business, I would have absolutely said, thank you so much, but this is not for me. I would have happily stuck with self-publishing. And I do think people are attracted to you and your content because of your inner belief system. Like I I think people really love that and need a reminder of that. And I was actually going to read out a tweet that you wrote a while ago, I think, um, you don't need to be selected for long lists, short lists, celebrity reading lists, or TV interviews in order for you to see how important your work is to you. You just need to remember that you're creating something that no one else can because it's from your heart. And that those sorts of things that you share, I think, are really, really important. But I wondered, have you always been like that? Or is that something that comes with experience and, you know, not being like 18 anymore kind of thing? Um, I haven't always, I actually really struggled most of my life, ironically, with self-worth, um, and insecurity and the, I write those, I remember writing that actually. And I wrote that as much for myself as anybody else, because I think I went through a period of comparing myself to all these people who got, who felt really glittering and fancy and successful. And I felt like a total failure what am I doing? I'm in my forties. I, I felt like I hadn't achieved anything, even though a lot of people have, were engaging with me and my writing, I was still really struggling. And, um, I am a very emotional, um, and I'm a very emotional person. And like I said, most of my life, I've been extremely insecure. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's because like, I come from a, an, a Ukrainian immigrant family and it's all very, I'm an only child. So they're like, achieve, achieve, achieve. <laughs> and to them, achievement for a long time meant successful money-making job. And, you know, what is this that you're doing? And all these little odd jobs and temp jobs. Why are you, you know, but uh, I got to a point where I had to really push myself out um, to do what I wanted to do. And it helps that I have an amazing husband who is constantly reminding me, just carve out time to write. Don't worry about anybody else. Shut out the noise. This is important for you. 
this is what you do. This is not a hobby. So stop. And he said, and he even said to me, women compromise and apologize way too much in their lives. And he's like, and you are better than that. You need to make sure you just, you know, fight through that. So, and he said to me once a quote, actually, and I'll, I'll never forget this. He said that David Bowie once said, the way to live as a true artist and the way to create the best way you can is to swim out to, to just to the point where your toes are just touching the bottom. That feeling in the center of your chest is exactly where you need to be to create the best work. And it, that's an amazing description because it's true. The times when I'm like, oh God, I'm not sure about this is exactly where I need to be. Mm-hmm. That's such a great quote. Where you have a tiny bit of fear, that's where you need to be because that's suddenly like you're pushing yourself a little bit farther and you'll learn more about your art if you're there, you know, which is true. I really love that. And and I think a lot of people who might be really far into their sort of commercial career, they want to rehear this stuff because I know so many people, myself included sometimes, that get so sort of carried away with what do the people want to read? What does the industry want? What does the algorithms want? And I have to always be like, no, and go back to that bit in the chest of like, what am I actually doing? I think if you, I think if you're in a point in your career, I assume, I don't know, but I think if people are in that point where things are safe and everybody's saying yes, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. You might be making a lot of money, but are you creating the art that is true to where you were in the beginning? I'm not sure if it is anymore at that point, you know? And I hope I see, and I hope I am terrified writing the second book, but at the same time, it keeps me like right at that point where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's, it's neither overwhelmed, nor is it safe in a rut. It's like a beautiful spot to be in. And right now I'm like really happy being there, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so interesting. And I know people can kind of find out more via your website. And if they really want to go into the nitty gritty and have questions or want to sign up with you, are you still doing that stuff? So I want to, I started saying at the beginning of this year, I said, right, I'm going to create a series of courses um, to discuss self-publishing and traditional publishing. Now that I have a deadline for the first time ever. <laughs> and I'm also, you know, I'm also doing translation work for a news channel um, for a documentary coming out at the end of the summer about Ukraine. Um, and I'm also writing pieces like articles that people are um, asking me for. So it's going to be kind of pushed back a little, but I still encourage people to go onto my website and sign up <clears throat> because at some point I will get there. But also my, for the last over 10 years that I've been on my social media platforms, my door is always open. I've, n- I've never once blocked or deleted anybody unless they're like pervy and aggressive. Um, I've, never, uh, I've never blocked anybody for asking me a question. Like my door is always open. I can give advice. And the worst case scenario is if I'm too busy, I'll say, I'm not sure I can do that right now but I'm always really forthright with people. Like if they need to ask a question or, you know, just a chat about this process. For sure. I love that. You are such a generous person in the writing community. You do give so much. So that's, yeah, very grateful for that. Um, Okay. Well, let's leave people with a writing tip then perhaps if you don't mind. So if you're on a day where you're feeling like, oh my God, 
you know, and I'm feeling that at the moment with like a book that I'm working on where maybe I'm not feeling as confident as other days. Is there anything that you come back to just to kind of get yourself in the writing frame of mind? Yeah, there's, well, two things. One is um, a quote that I love by Seth Godin, um, which is uh, just ship, which basically means every single day, put your ass in the chair. That does not mean that you're going to hit a word count. And I'm really, I'm, I've never set myself word counts because that then limits my creativity. I feel that's just how I work. I always sit in the same chair in the same environment that I know I've had good days. So even on a bad day, I'll sit. And then even if I write just two paragraphs, I've written something. They could be all terrible and I could delete them later, but I will write. So just write, stop judging, self-editing, whatever it is, just write it. At some point you might be able to flesh it out, use it, who knows. The second thing for me is always, always, always a playlist. Now, <clears throat> I, I have a new playlist that I've created for the second book, but the Motherland was written with a, a, with a playlist that I kept on loop. And it's not, for me, it's not a playlist with words, like songs with words. It's always atmospheric, Michael Nyman, all these kind of things. Um, so yeah, two things. Sit your bum in the chair, do whatever writing you want without judging yourself. That's so important. And yeah, and music always just gets me in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Thank you. That is so useful. And I'm so with you on the wordless playlist. Although I sometimes listen to the same song on repeat and I don't, I don't, yeah. there's something psych- psychological about that. Um, and also love Seth Godin. And I'll actually leave a link to his book, The Practice, where yes. he talks about shifting the work because I re-listen to that on audiobook all the time. It's brilliant Love advice. Him. Great advice. Even people who aren't business minded, you don't have to be. He's so inspiring when it comes to just showing up for you, not for the industry, but for the work that you want to do, you know? Totally. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on your new book deal and everything beyond. It's going to be very exciting to follow and you know, read your work and continue following you for good advice as well. So thank you for doing this. It's been a pleasure, Emma. Thank you so much. <laughs>